Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus, he sees a need and he has compassion. He looks at the crowd. The disciples say, great, messing up our vacation. We trying to get some rest. We've been out there doing miracles and talking to demons and carrying on. And Jesus says, they need a shepherd. He has compassion on them. Now the question, so Jesus told them, give them something to eat. Now the question, why would Jesus tell them you give them something to eat? Don't you understand? Listen to me. We are talking about the creator of the world. Are you listening? We are talking about the creator of the world. Jesus created everything. The Bible tells us and all things are being held together by the word of his power. So he can create and do anything he wants. He tells them, you give them something to eat. Jesus could have given them something to eat. Jesus could have said, hey, everybody, reach it in your pocket and you're going to find a fish. And it would have been there. Reach in the other pocket and you'll find a loaf of bread from Panera, hot with butter. I haven't had lunch yet. And it would have been there. But he tells the disciples, are you kidding me? Are you tracking with me? You give them something to eat. So one guy, the Bible tells us, as you put the stories together, one guy, his name is Philip. He's pulling out his pencil, doing the math, and he says, we don't have enough. Another guy looking out among the people and thinking, we don't have enough. You see, Jesus wants them to understand. Here's why he told them, you give them something to eat, because he wants them to understand that they don't have enough so that they will have to look to him for their provision. Don't you understand? Sometimes God will let you get in a situation just to bring you to the realization that you can't do this without him. You can't do it without him. And also keep in mind, they are on the way into the ministry. And ministry 101 is this. You must have faith. You must trust God. And you must look to him. So Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Then in verse 13, notice Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said, we only have two fish and five loaves of bread. And the closest McDonald's is 2,000 years away. It's, it's in the Bible. It really, it's, it's in my Bible. I don't know about yours. Now, John chapter 6 in verse 7, you look this up in your own time, it tells us again that it was Philip who said, where can we get the bread to feed everyone? 200 denarii isn't enough to feed this crowd. And get the scene. Philip is standing there with his calculator in hand. 
He's counting heads. He's punching in numbers. He's shaking his head. And he says, 200 denarii isn't enough. You see, Philip, here's Philip's problem. Philip is so focused on the problem that he doesn't even see the problem solver is standing right there. Hmm. And doesn't that sound like an all too familiar scenario? We get so focused on our problem, we don't even see the problem solvers right there. And, and we get so focused on our problem that we don't even go and talk to Jesus about the problem. They spend time with Jesus. They have been with him at this point probably a year and a half, almost two years. They've seen him do so many things. You would have expected the disciples. That's why I tell you I love the disciples because they're largely clueless. And that's just like us. Don't laugh too hard because it's just like us. You would have expected them to say, well, you know what? We don't have enough, but Jesus, you you might want to go ahead and work a little something, something. They didn't do that. The problem solver is standing right there. Jehovah Jireh standing right there. You see, Philip's problem is he failed to add God into the equation. And we fail to add God into our equation. And that's why God doesn't do great things. You know, we think if I had more of this or if I had more of that, if I had more money, I could do this. You know, somebody once said, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. I'm going to say that again because I like it. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. So then in John chapter 6, verse 8, I'm putting it all together for you. Andrew said, we have two small fish and five loaves. But then he said, what are these among so many? You see, these loaves, you got to understand something here. These fish and bread, this was poor man's food. Poor man's food. These loaves of bread weren't like big loaves of bread. They were very small, barley loaves of bread. And the fish wasn't like a big, chunky piece of tuna. It was sardines. So this is poor man's food. They said, what are these among so many? Jesus said, did you get that? Bring it to me and I'll show you. Bring it to me. Guys, listen, I submit this to you. That is the key to this entire scene. Bring it to Jesus. Whatever your problem, whatever it is you have, bring it to Jesus. Jesus did a miracle. Now, there are some people who spend their life writing books about miracles and how they don't believe in them and how they really didn't happen and explaining away the miracles in the Bible. And I got to tell you, they come up with some ridiculous stuff. There is a guy talking about explaining away miracles. There's one guy that said that what really happened here, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 with two fish, five loaves of bread. Um, what, what really happened here, they said, is that um, in those days they had robes and they had really big sleeves in their robes. And when the little boy, there was a little boy who offered his lunch, everybody's heart was touched and everybody took their lunch out of their sleeve and began to share the meal. And that's how 15,000 people were fed. That's just stupid. 
I mean, that's just dumb. And this isn't the miracle of the hidden lunch up the sleeve. It's the miracle that Jesus fed 5,000 people. Anybody say amen? You understand? This is nuts. The length, the depth, what people will go to to explain away the miracle. And by the way, listen, who would enjoy walking around with a piece of smoked fish up their sleeve? Anybody got a piece of fish up their sleeve right now? Anybody ever had a piece of fish up their sleeve? Anybody want to have a piece of fish up their sleeve? No, I mean, this is kind of crazy. Notice what Jesus said in verse 14. Go ahead and look at it in verse 14. Jesus said, make them to sit down in groups of 50. And then Matthew chapter 14, write that in your margin. Matthew 14 tells us, Jesus said, give them to me. Why? Because, listen, Jesus can make a little go a long way. It's as simple as that. Jesus can make a little go a long way. God can take a little and do a lot with it. The insignificant and the insufficient become significant and sufficient in God's hand. What do you mean, Rodney? Dust. Dust is insignificant. But in the hands of God... You have us. God can do a lot with a little. I think of a staff in the hand of a man is insignificant, but in Moses' hand, it was a tool for a miracle before Pharaoh. The jawbone of a donkey is insignificant to fight a battle and insufficient to fight a battle. But in Samson's hand, it became a weapon of mass destruction. A stone is insignificant, but guided by the Lord becomes a guided missile with pinpoint accuracy to the head of Goliath. A little goes a long way in God's economy. Here's the mathematics of a miracle. If you're taking notes, you write this down. Five loaves plus two fish, not enough. Five loaves plus two fish plus Jesus, more than enough. Without him, nothing. With him, everything. Can the church say amen? Amen. Notice in verse 16. Notice in verse 16. Jesus takes the little McFish sandwich. I'm stuck on McDonald's today. I don't know what my deal is. He takes this little McFish sandwich. And notice, did you, did you get this? He said, Father, we're thankful for this meal. Guys, And I'm talking to myself. Don't forget to be thankful for your food. Hmm? Because, I mean, I know. Sometimes I'm like really, really super hungry. So, you know, you just get it, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm like religious. You know what I'm talking about. You get the food and you're like, and then you give thanks after you ate. And then you go, oh, I forgot to give thanks. And or, oh, I forgot to give thanks while you're chewing. You do that too. But you got to give thanks for your food. I think it's important. Why? Because Jesus did it. Notice he said, Father, we're thankful for this meal. He broke and he gave. In the Greek language, if you're taking notes, listen, broke and gave is in the present perfect tense, which means he continued to break and he continued to give. There's a miracle of creation taking place here. Are you getting this? As Jesus is breaking the bread, 
it continues to grow. As he's giving out the fish, more fish are coming. Wouldn't this be wonderful? This would be awesome if we could do this with a Philly cheesesteak. As you're eating it, it's more is coming. The sandwich keeps coming and you keep going. So as Jesus is handing out bread, more bread's coming. Handing out fish, more fish is coming. So the disciples are walking down the aisles among the 50s and they're passing it out and they are probably shocked and everyone ate and they were filled. That's the Greek word glutted. They were glutted. Now, Thanksgiving's coming. Some of y'all will know what this feels like. Thanksgiving, you sitting at the table, you know what I'm talking about. You eat so much, you are glutted to the point where you have to loosen, let go the top button in your pants. Y'all know what I'm saying. Everybody's talking around the table. <laughs> you know you let the top up, or you're so filled, you're so glutted, you wish you would have wore sweatpants to dinner, right? Or you're so filled, all you can do is just, you ever feel, you ever eat so much, you just, you can't even stand up. You just have to roll out of the chair. <laughs> you just eat so much, you just like, I just gotta, <laughs> and you just roll away out into the family room or something, you just glut it. You're filled. You're filled. And then you get upset with yourself because you didn't save room for dessert. I mean, you've glutted. Well, they ate till they were glutted. They ate till they were full. In verse 17, please look at it. And they had 12 baskets left over. 12. Not 13, not 11, but 12. Interesting. At the beginning of the day, The disciples were sending people away because it was impossible to minister to their needs. With Jesus, at the end of the day, there was more than enough. So much that Jesus sent them away with parting gifts. Each disciple had their own basket. I think this is a God thing. I think, honestly, that Jesus orchestrated it this way that there would be 12 baskets left over, one for each of the disciples so that they could see with God, everything is possible. With God, there will never be lack. With God and trust and faith in him, he will provide for that which he's called for. And they walk away with a parting gift as a remembrance and a memorial of what God has done. 12, not 13. Because Jesus didn't need one, not 11, but 12 baskets left over. And here's a little sanctified imagination for you. I get the impression Jesus is just standing there, and as they're walking away with their basket, Jesus, they're they're carrying it like this. (laughs) And Jesus is just kind of standing there going, see, with like a little smirk on his face. Because he taught them something. Now, three quick lessons I want you to take away from this, and then we wrap it up. Number one, if you're taking notes, please write this down. He makes a little go a long way. God can take a little, the little we have, and do a lot with it. Number two, Jesus only worked, note this, Jesus only worked when the loaves were 
placed in his hands. Did you get that? He only worked when the loaves were placed in his hand. All the other miracles, search the scriptures, Bible students, search the scriptures, and you'll see that all the other miracles that Jesus performed, the disciples were spectators. They watched Jesus heal the blind man. They watched the cleansing of a leper. They heard Jesus say, Talitha kumai, Danzo, arise from the dead, etc. They saw that. They heard that. But it's very interesting. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, they were participants. Jesus said, give me what you have and put it in my hand. The interesting thing about Jesus is Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, but Jesus wouldn't do what the disciples could do. Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, but he did not do what they could do. In other words, they could not multiply the fish and the bread. He had to do that. But what they could do is give him what they have. Offer to him what you have. And then after that, go and hand it out. They could do that. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to give him what we have. So often we think we don't have a lot. God, I don't serve you because I don't really have a lot or I don't have a lot of talents or it's just poor little me. And I don't have a lot. Let me tell you something. God doesn't need a lot. God wants you to give him what you have. Offer to him what you have and he can do a lot with it. God is a great, big, awesome God who can do great, big, awesome things. I love to talk about the greatness of our God because he's beyond what we can wrap our little pea brains around. He's beyond that. Even in your greatest estimation of who God is and what he's able to do, he's still much more. And he's a great God. And all he wants from us is to give him what we have. Give him the little bit that we have. And he will do much with it. This is a God who said light be and light was. It is a privilege for us to serve God. It is an honor for me to come and stand in this pulpit week after week and serve the Lord this way. I am blessed. I am privileged. God doesn't need me. Don't say amen too loud. God doesn't need you. Don't you understand? God doesn't need anything. He chooses to allow you to be a part of what he is doing in the earth. You are no trophy in God's curios. Say a better amen than that. I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure y'all know that. (laughs) We're not all that in a bag of chips. Well, I'm just so God needs me. I'm all that in a bag of chips. No, you're not. God doesn't need you. God was working just fine before you showed up, and he'll be doing just fine after you're gone. Say amen. He don't need you. He doesn't need us. It's a privilege for God to use us. Yes, it is. It's a privilege for us to serve in the children's ministry. It's a privilege to vacuum the floors in the house of the Lord. 
It's a privilege to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. God doesn't need us. He could get the work done just fine without us, but he chooses to work with us and chooses to include us in his plan. Jesus did what the disciples couldn't do, but he didn't do what the disciples could do. Finally, listen, here's the ultimate reason for this miracle. God, number three, finally wants to use us to bring the bread of life to the world. The disciples learned a valuable spiritual lesson about looking to God to provide. The believers in the crowd had their faith strengthened and worshiped the Lord. The unbelievers were condemned and condemning themselves. Remember, we're talking 10, 15,000 people. Not everybody there were Christians. Just like not everybody in church on Sunday morning are Christians. So these unbelievers were condemning themselves, and here's how. Because they experienced the same miracle, the same food, they were satisfied by the same meal that everyone else was. Because God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So they received the same blessing. The difference is they received the same blessing and, and, and received the same miracle and saw the same things. But later on, when Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth and the life and no man comes to the father, but by me. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Well, I don't want nothing to do with that. I mean, wait a minute now. There must be another way. You see, you got to understand something. Hearing the word of God, I told you this before. Hearing God's word is dangerous. Coming to church is dangerous. Danger will rob us in danger. Because when you hear the word of God, God expects you to be a doer of the word and respond to the word of God. And the more you know about the word of God, the more God's going to hold you accountable to the word of God. So then when you stand before God in that day, God's going to say, what did you do with my son, Jesus? Are you listening? God is not going to say, were you a good person? God's not going to ask you, did you go green? Some folks think they're good people. You know, we got to save the earth. We need to go green. Everything go green. Don't misunderstand me. I don't think we need to destroy the planet either because I own my house. I like to keep the equity going and keep it going up. I don't think we need to destroy the earth. But in the same vein, listen, God's not going to ask you, did you go green? God's gonna, not going to ask you, did you help Jerry's kids? God's not going to ask you, were you a good person? God's going to say, what did you do with my son, Jesus? Did you believe in Jesus? Did you give your heart to Jesus? Did you give your life to Jesus? That's what he's going to say. And these unbelievers are condemning themselves by being a part of this miracle because God is showing himself to them, but they refuse to believe. Just like some people today, God blesses them. Don't you realize, even if you're not a Christian here today, don't you realize God kept your mind working last night? Who woke you up this morning? Did you wake you up? No, you were sleeping by virtue of waking up. God woke you up. 
God kept your mind going. God kept your heart beating. God kept the blood flowing. God kept your lungs going in and out. God's been raining on you blessing. Now, how do you respond to that? Do you give him your life? Do you believe in him? Are you trusting him? Have you given him your heart? And if not, then listen, when that day comes and you stand before God, you will stand without excuse. That's why I will tell you, have told you in the past, God has never sent anybody to hell. Never. People send themselves there because God is always reaching out with love and compassion and mercy and grace and acceptance and long suffering. I'm going to keep going till you clap your hands because that's the kind of God we serve. And you say, talk to the hand. I ain't listening. That's what happens. God loves you. You condemn yourself. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.